Hey everyone, I'm Tari. Hello everyone, I am Bree. And this is CSI Talk. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to another week, another episode of CSI Talk. We hope you're having a great day so far. Today, before getting to today's episode, just want to let you all know that this is a safe space for you. So whenever you want to come here, to just shut off the world and just listen to two girls talking about CSI. You can do it. We're here for you. Last week was our was our anniversary episode and today is it's our episode of 50 52 yeah 52 and we're talking about uh it was actually 51 because we skipped an episode we did because i i was really sick but that's okay so today we're talking about minor character and the show, 21 episodes. Yeah, because the show had like uh, 300, 335 episodes again, according to Brie. But still, it's a, it's a character that has been, that it's, it was recurring and it represents a minority as well. And well, his like and the way he his storyline ended and how it the repercussions that it had in later episodes, especially when it had to deal with Nick. And I mean, it was done in a great way, storytelling wise. But I just well, we'll get there. We'll cross that bridge when it comes to it. Well, the character's name is Sam Vega. He was a homicide detective, turned vigilante and serial killer, which seems to be something that now the the media, the entertainment industry is kind of doing it with movies and comic books, heroes. I'm not talking about Batman, but I'm talking about media as such. And well. Sam Vega, he used to work at the LVPD gang unit, and he had a stepson who worked for the LVPD vice. Okay, so, and he would work with the CSIs on occasion to solve crimes. The actor who played the stepson played a serial killer in NCIS. I know, I knew if you looked familiar. Well, as we as we learned from Nick in the DB era, that the detectives would call a specific CSI to work with them. And, and it means that they have work to do 
and they could get promotions for how many cases they were able to solve, at least in the show. And Sam Vega would call Nick on various occasions to help him solve the crime. But Nick had no idea of what Sam was doing. Starting in 2005. Starting in 2005. It was not the whole time. Yeah. Nick had no idea what Sam was doing to the suspects, but this is just what we can call police brutality right now in CSI Vegas. Like season one, we barely saw the inside of the police station. We just saw the interrogation room and the room, like in the room behind the glass. That was it. Optimization. Yeah, but we did see the police chief was it was it that talked to max about her son well 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 sam he killed one of his informants in the gang unit but if he is friend detective stanley stanley richardson carried up the murder for him Also, in 2005, he called Bowden for the confession. And in 2008, he stabbed the informant with a butterfly knife. Uh, later, Sam would help Richardson to kill four murderers who escaped the justice system. Look. The names are Kevin Fetter, Roman Castillo. Darlene Parker and Rex Panther. Look, the justice system everywhere is flawed. It is. For example, in my country, you cannot get more than 30 years in jail. And if you have good behavior, you will want a last time. Like, there is a murder that is now out. And he was sentenced to 30 years in jail, but he got out with less than 15 years. Yeah, so the justice system everywhere is flawed. But that doesn't mean that police officers or somewhere or someone else can't become a vigilante and killed. Until another killer. It just, that, that, it doesn't work like that. So, in season 12, that's in season 12, that's where everything started to kind of go down for Vega because there's an episode called Crime After Crime, which I think is a funny nod to the song Time After Time. I know when I was writing down. Crime after crime, if he's lost, then he will find it. Crime after crime. <laughs> I, I love the, this name. So in that episode, Crime After Crime is when Sam began his killing spree by bashing Tavin Seltzer's hole with a wooden, with a wooden arcade ball. Did I say that correctly? I have no idea. Well, yes, with a wooden update for only And then he found someone else called Raymond Castillo, 
from his time at LVPD gang unit and killed him by placing robot tires around him, covering him in gasoline and burning him. A similar type of killing happened in CSI Miami, if I'm not mistaken, like this, the father of this girl told the guy that she loved, or wasn't him, what did he die? I think the father died, actually. The father died, and he was, a lot of tires were put on him, and then the daughter threw gasoline on him and killed him with fire yeah it wasn't the same context but it was the same type of murder i mean csm miami was it it's a spin-off of csi current team investigation and then Catherine is called to this scene and she calls him vega and he told Catherine and Nick that there was a rival gang leader that could be responsible, but he failed to frame this guy for murder. How? He was pointing the finger at this notorious criminal, but he could have planned the murder weapon on him. Okay. And then he killed Darlene Cooker by force feeding her PCP. And then he was found out by the CSIs. The CSIs are always the guys who are like solving the crime, just going and facing the killers without any backup with their weapon, but without backup, like where did they learn that from? From Grissom. Okay. And then the, the CSI found him while he was trying to kill his final victim. Rex By stabbing and drowning. Yep. And then Brass tried to talk him into surrendering. So did Nick. Her, yeah. And Nick too. I, I, look, I just hate when I see Nick in this. And those desperate occasions, you know, in those cases that just hit too hard because people involved in the case are just close to his heart. <sighs> but instead of that, Vegas shot himself. No, he did not. He attempted suicide by cop. He did not shoot himself. I mean, yeah. We tried to shoot a cop, but he purposely missed. I guess he rewired at killing his buddies and he was shot by a little cop. Nick tried to save Vega while then DB tried to save the victim. Brass was standing. I think Brass was too shocked to do anything. This is when this need Bronte Greek was funny. He was not shocked, he was just angry. Well, when they were in the lake where this is happening, they found the skeletal remains that belonged to to Tim Frode's wife with her bullet that was fired from his gun inside the skull. 
which in the end allowed the sea and allowed the decides to arrest the, the victim, right? But still, you mean the you mean the victim? I mean the 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 guy that I think the perpetrator. Yeah, and then. The sea signs found them both Richard Stone's belongings. They found a bloody knife, which they get used to kill an informant years earlier. So Richardson had a hidden where he would find where they would find him, which would ensure that they wouldn't wouldn't have gotten in the way with murder. But in the end, he would have been brought to justice. Yep. But then, in the future, something changed. All of the, because like when a corrupted cop is, when a corrupted cop is caught, all the cases that he worked on or, or she worked on, the authorities and the, everyone involved in the case are entitled to ask for another court date because if a cop is corrupted that they might have had some influence on their case so like that could just happen and then we come to everything that vega did in his vigilante vigilante days had consequences or to see a size to solve, obviously, right? So in the episode Alter States, before he started hearing, Carl, I always have a difficulty pronouncing this particular name. There was a guy in Twilight called Carlisle, and it took me years to know how to spell his name. Oh, yeah. Carl Bowden, he was convicted of killing a man called Robert Robert James. And he made an appeal saying that the confession he made, he was forced to make a confession because he was beaten by Vega. And he said whatever Sam wanted to, to hear. Which could have been true because Nick saw him with blood all over him after Vega was alone with him. So when Nick tells DB what happened, he's like, okay, I left the room for a second. I came back. The guy had bloody prints on him. But I don't know where they came from. Vega might have done something to him. I don't know. And then... Even though Carbolden led the officers to where the body was hidden, the case has to be reinvestigated because a corrupted cop was involved. We see that in the episode Girls, Girls Don't Wider, right? When uh, this guy shows up in the hotel to just shoot as many people as he wants because this guy got away with raping and murdering his, his wife and his daughter. And then 
Sarah confronts the DNA expert, which I don't remember her name, but Sarah does complain, does tell her something like, we're doing our job as best as we can, and you're just pointing the finger and making people doubt Koreans and allowing murderers to walk. And Sarah was a part of the commission that was made because whenever a corrupted cop was CSI or CSI, when this revealed that they were corrupted or they mishandled evidence or they rated a suspect up, a commission is created with people who were not involved in the investigation. Oh, what the press all knew the press <laughs> Sorry, it didn't play. <laughs> a new permission is created, and then to revisit all the cases that that personnel was involved, just to avoid all of these criminals that that CSI or that cop helped put away. They don't want. There was literally the blood of the entire CSI against the one. That is the plot of this. Yes. And then the CSI, but actually the CSIs were able to find a woman that he, that Carl Borden had beaten the same way. And they managed to connect him to the victim, even though because of this piece that he left at the crime scene, because this woman's dog had eaten the these car keys and then that woman took her dog to the vet and the vet extracted the keys and gave it to her and she kept it and she gave it to the CSIs and the CSIs were able to tie him to this attack which meant that he would be staying in prison for another crime that he committed not because of the previous crime that he was accused of in Vegas, actually, first episode was to talk God. Granted, only one thing, but he also appeared in the happy place to investigate the murder of Penny or Patty's tragedy name. I'm not always great with names. I have it around here. Pamela. <laughs> I know it was a P name. Okay. Look, the CSI Vegas, the CSI page on this character saying Vegas does have, does have part of the page called Mondas of Brandi. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, Mondas of Brandi. Look, I've been studying this type of thing for almost three years now and I can really say that San Vega would not be considered a serial killer because it, it's a bit complicated but a serial killer is someone who kills a certain type of people mm. it, I mean it's described differently like when I studied this, I started using what the FBI considers to be a serial killer. That's because there's a lot of definitions out there. 
I mean, one example that people really do understand when you talk about serial killer is Jack the Ripper because Jack the Ripper would sex workers during the night in Whitechapel and he had a tie. It was it was sex workers. We don't know. There are five victims, but there could have been as much as 11 and all that. There's a lot of documentaries out there about Jack the Ripper. That's, and when you're reading about serial killers, there's usually this description of someone who is, it's just, to me, a serial killer would be someone who would methodically plan how they would kill someone, and that is someone that it is, this killer would observe their victim, learn their habits for like a month or something, prepare for the kill, and then do it. I like there's a show with this guy that played the main that played the main character in Fifty Shades of Grey. I can't remember the TV show he was on. It's a British TV show. I... He played a serial killer in that show, and he, he played it to the T. That's exactly how a serial killer is on. Oh, like, in CSI, a serial killer that, if it was real, would have been considered a psychopath and a serial killer as Natalie Davis. Because, I mean, her victimology was people she works for. Although in the end, when she was about to get caught, she did change it, which happens. When serial killers are about to get caught, they do tend to change their victimology. When I say victimology, I mean type of victim. That Olivia's would kill people that she works for. And then in the end, she ended up changing her victimology. I would classify Sam Vega as a spree killer. A spree killer who, who is a vigilante, not a serial killer, but is just a definition, a name type of, of problem. Because we see this all the time in her community. People tend to think that psychopaths and serial killers are the same thing, but no, there are psychopaths out there. But they are not serial killers. They just don't have the ability to feel anything. Where there are serial killers who are not psychopaths, like if you watch friend of mine, you, you are going to find serial killers that are not psychopaths. And Vega also was in, like I said, 21 episodes, not just three. Yeah, I know. I mean, 21 episodes, like, that's kind of the same run that the mature killer had. I mean. We didn't see her for 21 episodes, but we did see her actions throughout the whole, the whole season. And also, he, in her second episode works, we find out that he wears contacts. Because when we enter the episode, into the crime scene, Griffin is on the ground with a flashlight and finds Vegas contacts. And he was always fluent in Spanish. 
Yeah, I mean, I liked that. I like the fact that he was Polish in Spanish. I Las Vegas is just a very cultural city, and I mean, I like the fact that he spoke Spanish because it showed a bit of. It showed a bit of. If I forgot the word I'm looking for. <laughs> It show how yeah how how the that the police department was like the police department is not obliged to know Spanish but it's good if they do because I mean they could avoid situations like a bullet ran through when the guy was asking for help and the officer said I don't speak Spanish that is not a reason to not help someone and. Also, in his, the two episodes that he was in, that that lady probably was in, he also did not work on Lady's Herbal's case. He was on the case that I was working on. <laughs> I mean, yes, yeah. he did not meet Lady Heather. Right, in Place Lost Magnus, in a sound box, and then in Lady Heather's box. He, that was Lady's death, and that was Sarah and Catherine Budding in it. I understand why, but she's not letting Sarah do the job. And you can tell herself felt bad about not being able to charge anybody for the murder. Like, but she, at least, at least she was able to charge for child, child being. That's it. That's, yes, more, a lot less a charge, but still, it wasn't a record. Well, I, like, I, I'm not going to say that I understand what Vega was feeling, but about like how he found out what people did, but even with the CSI's help, they couldn't put the, the person behind bar. I don't understand that yet, but I do understand how frustrated he was. I understand that frustration, but... Killing a killer doesn't really make a difference in the world. You're still a killer if you kill another killer. Like, don't kill a killer because you'll become a killer. Or as another saying goes, an eye for an eye that's the provider. <laughs> you know, I just feel really bad with Nick. Because I know, I know, like CSI, they're only called to the scene by the detectives, right? Because if the detectives find, look through the scene, then they're like, well, this is suspicious, let's call the coroner. And then the coroner is like, it's a murder, so the, so the cop is going to call whatever CSI they want. Like... If you analyze the whole series, Brass would always call, mostly call Grissom, but when Grissom wasn't available, he would call Catherine or Sarah, like. But I'm not, not usually work. Not usually work, yeah. He would mostly call Grissom, Catherine, or Sarah. Or if there was too much to do, he would call, he would tell Grissom, like, we have a 419 in that place, we have a dead body here, we have, like, and then Grissom would be like, okay, 
I'm going to go to this place and Sarah's going to go to that place and Catherine's going to take Nick and go to this other place. But then, like, if the CSIs get closer to the detectives, the detectives aren't going to call them to work their scene. And Vega, as, as I understand from what Nick said, Vega would mostly call Nick to the scenes, which yes. in the end would help Nick get a promotion if like, there was some type of score that he had to hit like we saw in season one. If you solve this many cases, you'll get this promotion. Well, uh, there's not, nothing really after CSI 3. Yeah. Everything else is based, based on sonority. Yeah, maybe, maybe we saw that in her. And Nick was, and Nick had the highest sonority out, out of Walk, Sarah, Greg. Yeah, he was in senior CSI. As compared to Warwick, Sarah, or Greg. And I think Sarah and Walk were about the same. They were probably the same, uh, at the same pay like but they they were senior CSIs compared to Greg. So yeah. Greg would be like, you no know, matter if Greg would work any pace with anyone, he would still be except for except for like Riley. Yeah, Riley. Okay. Ray. Yeah. He would be the senior CSI, yeah. Cause he even teased probably about it when he became level three. Well, I think, like, I, uh... Like, in one of the episodes that Bayou was in, it was quite not, no, not quite night. It was another earlier episode. Right. I see. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was from Ellie. The episode Ellie. Well, Rosa and Captain both out of town. So we got work to be seaside. He told work that it was for sonority. If I want somebody to set for three days, I'll pick Sarah. Yeah, but he could have, person could have chosen Nick. But he also wanted to, he knew Nick would probably be like, want to see Walker. And honestly, Walker was not a good surprise. Oh, no, he wasn't. He, he wasn't. He did not, but he was trying to refuse to let Sarah process evidence. What is he supposed to do? Go and go home and put her whole thumbs? Well, I mean that, but I did prove that he could probably lead a lab. That's how he got the promotion to to be the head of the CSI lab in San Diego. I just, I feel bad because Nick and Vega seemed to be really close. And I think Nick felt bad because he knew Vega to a degree, but he could never imagine that Vega would turn out to be a vigilante. Yeah. Because, like, I, I know it's, it's frustrating when, when you have all the pieces to do something and then that just doesn't happen. 
not because of lack of evidence or or lack of something that you need. It just the system will work. It's kind of sad, really. Well, Brie, what are we talking about next week? We're talking about the friendship between the two shortest lived characters. Riley Adams and Dr. Ray Link. Okay, I know we all have our own opinions about Ray, but... And Riley. And Riley as well, but uh, I mean, that's okay. We're here to talk about these things. So, thank you so much for listening to us. Stay safe, everyone. Love you. See you next week. Bye. Bye.